this time. Isn't it works like a culty MLM? We work. No, no, that's the like I'm not doing this as a bit. That's legitimately that's the co-working space. I know, but weren't they like didn't they fail they, and then they came back again? They failed and they came back again, but their scammy was more uh like the big short level. Whereas okay. it works is I'm pretty sure the like well actually the Mary Kay. <laughs> Wow, we're tying it in so good. Wait, wait, before we even yeah, get into the episode. I was going to say, not to rub this in. No, I wasn't going to say that. Um, before we get into this episode, uh, uh, in reference to last week's episode about um, the Mount Everest, I got a phone call from my sister after she listened to the episode, Hi, and she Dean. was offended that I did not mention that she would like to climb Mount Everest, <gasps> to which I responded, how the fuck would I know that? Why um, wouldn't you know that? Have you met... Yeah, we, you should mention I, that. I mentioned on the episode that our mother says we are not allowed to climb Mount Everest. And therefore, Jean wants to climb it. I can see the connection here. It's stupid. But good luck with that, <laughs> sis. You go, Jean. Just you go, Jean. Just don't tell go Mom. Go to Mount Everest. <laughs> just, I'll yeah, tell just her. Don't tell, don't tell Lisa. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, no. So, okay, so then... Theoretically, we've both committed terrible offenses this week. Uh, yeah. Because Caitlin sniped this episode for me. <laughs> it was on our list for me to cover. And she sniped it. She was supposed to cover something else. I changed the topic of this episode like two months ago and didn't check the schedule to see if Haley put it on the mm -hmm. schedule already what i as i said to her i thought to myself deliberately i thought well i don't need to check the schedule because i know we haven't done this before yep <laughs> uh cut to today fam when it turns out Haley goes did you look this up beforehand before asking me what the episode is she goes did you look I, this up I asked her are we covering the topic that is on the schedule and she says no and I was like <laughs> okay well did we talk about what we're talking about yet and I said no and she goes did you look at the schedule and I looked at the schedule and I will let you know the roller coaster of emotions where my heart dropped out my ass when I saw it on the schedule and thought oh shit we've covered this before yeah. then seeing the date which is six months from today, give or take. Yeah. We do plan very far in advance. I think we have pretty much all of 2024 <laughs> planned in advance. Except for Just, now. Except for except for one day in June. Yeah. Except for one <laughs> poor day in June where I got to figure out something else to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> tell me about this topic that I haven't already started researching. <laughs> so, uh, this, this is crime culture, by the way. Hi. I'm good. Um, that's Haley. I'm Caitlin. Yeah. And today we're talking about Mary Kay Letourneau, which yeah. all this time I read it and I thought it was Letourneau, but it's Letourneau. Yeah. As I found out when looking up another name that we'll get to in a minute. So Mary Kay was born Mary Catherine Schmitz on January 30th, 1962 in Tustin, California, which, fun fact, is where Michael and I were originally looking to live. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yes. When we were, when we were about to move out here. Um, we did not. It was very expensive. Instead, we ended up in a place where they lied. Town was redacted. A good neighborhood. Town redacted. <laughs> where we Town lived across redacted. the street from either a blood or a crip. Um, I remember that so, place. Yeah, TBT. Haley slept in that place. She slept on the beanbag chair that Felix, speaking of true crime, ruined a month later. Yeah. I had gotten it in December. It was dead by March. So. That's what having a cat is like. <laughs> it is. Um, just hopefully it's not about the cat. Uh, so Mary Kay was the fourth child and first daughter of John Schmitz, a college professor. And apparently, I was going to say, I don't know if you knew this, but unfortunately Haley's been researching this so she might have mm -hmm. um he was a like super hella conservative u.s state representative mm -hmm. and ran for president in 1972 as a member of the independent party yeah weird oh, being you did really, know this? weird being really conservative and then running as independent 
Yes. And and also weird being conservative and your daughter doing what we're about to talk about. Uh, not not weird weird being caught yes yes that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yes no not weird that i'm not like i'm not saying i'm surprised this happened but just and she she didn't get away with it yeah um so yeah so she was the fourth daughter the fourth child first daughter of john schmitz and his mary his wife mary schmitz who i could all i could find on her was she was a devoutly roman catholic woman Mm -hmm. more more just of this but also, one of her brothers, jo- Joseph E. Schmitz, was the inspector general of the Department of Defense. Damn. And he was also an executive at Blackwater Worldwide, like the Blackwater, and a one-time foreign policy advisor for Trump when he was in Whoa. office. I know. And a lot of this, it sounds like, happened after the fact. Yeah, um, and then one of her other brothers, John P. Schmitz, was a was a deputy counsel to President George H. W. Bush. Damn. Like th- she came from a powerful family. Yeah, and look what she did. So Mary Kay had or Mary had plans to pursue a career in politics herself. Uh, she intended to move to Washington D.C. after she graduated from Arizona State University. How? Ever, while she was still a student, she met a fellow classmate named Steve Letourneau, and they got pregnant. Well, she got pre- he got her pregnant, um, and they had their first child instead, Stephen Jr. So in 1985, they got married, and they dropped out of college before moving first to his hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, and then a year later, they moved to Seattle, Washington, and over the next few years, they had three more children, Mary Claire, Nicholas, and Jacqueline. And then that brings us to 1989, which is when Mary took a job teaching at Shorewood Elementary School in the Highline School District in Burien, Washington. Um, about mm-hmm. It's about 11 miles or 18 kilometers for our international listeners. Um, and so how old, was she when she, how old was she when she started teaching at this elementary school? let's do some math also weird that like you never really hear i think we've talked about this like mentioned this in passing before you never really hear a woman junior because no. her name was mary and her daughter's name is mary no, mary Kay that's and mary, mary claire yeah but, like, well mary catherine and mary still. mary claire even like that's pretty, yeah oh and i mean they had steve jr how gilmore of her um so she's 27 when she moved in when she moved in when she became a teacher so pretty young pretty young i mean and we'll get into because i mean it's weird that like i had people i went to high school with that they started like subbing and like yeah like started teaching at the high school we graduated from after they graduated from college yeah and I like that. that is but that is weird. so so close to the age yeah like that's, i think i, didn't I, like think it I mentioned for that reason i think i mentioned before my uh homeroom teacher in high school uh ended up marrying a student not in my year but like (sighs) he he like he did the same thing he graduated from high school like got like his teaching degree and then went to go teach high school not at the same high school went to go teach high school and he was teaching seniors so he was what 21 teaching 18 year olds maybe so like yeah, yeah. 21, 22, teaching 18 year old, 17, 18 year olds. So that's not like Creepy. a huge, it's not th- a no, huge that's, jump. It's not a huge jump. So it's not insane that he went on to like marry a student. They're very close in age, but it's just like the way you meet them is weird. Yes. That's where I think it's creepy. Like, yeah. and imagine having to explain to your kids like, oh, we met at school. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean you met at school? Like, just no. This um, situation gets this specific situation gets creepy. Worse, yes, yeah, much worse. Um, remarkably worse. Um, but also, what what just kind of freaks me out too is four kids by twenty seven. Yeah, right. It was a fucking different time. Hate that. Hate that for me. Um, yeah. Like absolutely not. So. At Shorewood Elementary, she became a respected member of the faculty. Um, it is also where she first met Vili Fulau. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wrote it down um, incorrectly. So, That's all right. 
Billy was the boy she would eventually sexually abuse, but when she first met him, he was in her second grade class. Second grade class. Second grade. Second grade. Two. Two. He was like second. eight years old. Yeah. She was 27. Um, yep. 27. So that age difference wouldn't be the worst if they were 20 and whatever that age difference is. But like eight no. and 27. Like, no. is one of her kids close in age to this child? As a matter of fact, yes. Yeah. Steven Jr. is a year and a half younger than him. Like, come on. One of you should ask. <laughs> um, yeah. So, she, so, a little bit about Billy. He grew up in an impoverished community. Like, he didn't have a lot of money his his dad wasn't around and he had something of a tumultuous relationship with his mother mm -hmm. um which unfortunately just one of those things can be something that can make a child targeted for grooming yeah so as a teacher mary took Billy under her wing and encouraged his artistic talents later telling the seattle times in july 1997 so not even a decade later she's talking about this yeah um like, think about that. Think of how much that changed in, like, eight years. Mm -hmm. um, she said, quote, There was a respect, an insight, a spirit, an understanding between us that grew over time. It was the kind of feeling you have with a brother or sister, a feeling that they're part of your life forever, end quote. But you know what you don't do with your brother or sister? Yeah. So... Over the next several years, Mary kept in touch with Billy. She bought him art supplies, took him to museums, and encouraged him to develop his talents for poetry. Although she admittedly delighted in cultivating his remarkable artistic capabilities, she later said that at first there was nothing illicit about her feelings, saying, quote, I didn't know what it meant. I felt that one day he might marry my daughter, end quote. Mm -mm. <laughs> So all that changed in the fall of 1995 when Mary had Billy a child in her sixth grade class. So she had him as a student a second time. Mm -hmm. And that school year, she was dealing with a series of alleged emotional issues, including the breakdown of her marriage and a miscarriage in January 1996 that left her on mm -hmm. the brink of a breakdown. Um, she apparently... That's tough. Yeah, that's very tough. But... What I would recommend you not do is take solace in your connection with a 12-year-old student instead yeah. of, I don't know, seeking help. Yeah. So she apparently began taking this time to spend even more time with Billy to help him develop what she thought was a gift um, for, for drawing. And Billy, meanwhile, claimed that he bet a friend $20 he would have sex with Mary. See, But that's something that, like kids in school joke I about know, and like it never happens it doesn't come uh, true no no definitely not for that age there was I yes think, i do again, mean for this age yeah. i didn't there was an incident in our high school where Haley. a teacher Haley. slept with a student they're like yeah what is it your high school no you know what i asked at um i forget where i was i think we were at a party or something and we were all talking about like like weird things like oh remember that what that person did and it was a bunch of people from like who went to all different schools so i was like what was the thing at your oh high yeah school? what was the question. incident what was the incident at your high school tell so us we all like went back and forth and one of them from our school was like oh yeah like a, a teacher slept with a student and other people were like yeah that happened in my school that <gasps> happened in my school and like, that wasn't the craziest thing wait a minute no oh no we had a substitute teacher throw a stapler at a student and then they got fired what we that's it had we had somebody throw a desk we literally we had also, a teacher throw a desk. We also had a um, a group of kids lock a teacher in a closet for several hours. Um, yeah. there was, we there had was a, a kid couple. try to hit his dad Somebody with a, threw with up a stolen on our principal. Oh yes! Oh, the our class president threw up on our principal. Amazing! Oh, that's beautiful. Wasn't? Don't you know your class president? Don't yeah, I know your class my president? No, no, that's not who I thought it was. I thought it was Taylor, and I was like, wait. Taylor, I have questions. We also um, had an incident that I will tell you off mic, which is the reason that I am friends with my friend Daniel. All right. I'm 
putting tick, putting a lot uh, ticking a lock yeah. i don't putting I, a pin I, in I, won't, that, whatever. I won't give in too many details because it'll become extremely obvious what had happened but there's an incident that happened that my friend daniel and i will go back and forth and be like that incident is the reason we are friends i don't have an incident like that where a friendship came out of it but i do have an incident where i'm not going to give too many details but let's just say uh a kid stole a cop car and tried to hit his dad with it the athletic director of our high school and then ran into the woods and went missing for like two days they found him he was fine he just wasn't well he wasn't fine but he was physically unharmed all right yeah so all this to say that uh Young boys will often joke that they're going to sleep with their teachers and then that doesn't happen. But in this case... Yes. Thank you for pulling that runaway train into the station. Um, So he began spending time at her house then doing schoolwork. Um, She encouraged a friendship between Villy and her oldest child, Steve, who, like I said, was a year and a half younger than him. Mm -hmm. Um, The grade behind him. And so by the end of the school year, uh, Mary said that the two had bonded. Soon she began sexually fantasizing about Villy, later writing, quote, I had promised myself it would not happen before my divorce, end quote. Which that's not... You're like the, plan- that's like not, countdown to when you're going to sleep with this 12-year-old? That's some... Like, yeah. Like, that's that's not the issue here. The issue is not that you were married. Yeah. Um that he's a child yeah so priorities by june 1996 just a few days before villy's 13th birthday the sexual abuse which villy would later say he welcomed had begun yeah but he was also 12 13 years old so like i know he didn't know any better like he didn't give consent at 12 13 years old yes but at the time he vehemently was like no i wanted this um yeah Mary later revealed how the relationship first started in an interview with 2020, saying, quote, the incident was a late night that it didn't stop with a kiss, and I thought that it would, and it didn't, end quote. That's horrific. Mm. Yeah. Um, And just made all the worse that, like, he has kind of like an absentee family. Yes. So this could have been caught. Yeah, this could have been caught so much sooner. Yeah. Um. When asked if she felt guilty or disgusted with herself for having this, for for molesting Villy, uh, Mary said, quote, I love him very much. And I kind of thought, why can't it ever just be a kiss? End quote. Like. Yeah, no. No. Because he's 13. So that's why. That's why it can't ever just be a kiss. That's why it is. Because he's a year older than your child. He is one of your students. Like, yeah. there are so many, like, it's beyond sexual abuse, but also abuses of power. Like, yeah. there's so much wrong with this beyond, yeah. like, she she's sitting here being like, oh, but my marriage, I wasn't divorced yet. Like, there's so much beyond that girl. Like, yeah, you're, yeah. no, don't do this. Like, seek help. Um, So, by the end of summer 1996... Mary was pregnant with Billy's child. Yeah. Um, the sexual abuse came to light in February 1997 when Steve, Mary's husband, found love letters that his wife had written to her student. What he did not know at the time was that she was already six months pregnant with Billy's baby. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, by the time she starts, like, really showing or just gives birth like where's the questions then yeah of whose child is this yes where did this baby come from no exactly yeah um she could have made up a guy but also yeah, she had but to even leave still, her fucking i feel like anybody would be able to figure out though if they had if they had kept close eyes on the situation yeah it didn't seem that she was being very uh secretive about the whole situation no um so later that month, one of Steve's relatives called Shorewood Elementary to report the abuse to school officials, who, of course, called the police. Mary was questioned and then arrested a month later and charged with statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Mary gave birth to a baby girl in May 1997. Um, I'm, I decided not to mention 
their names because yeah they don't is, need to be mentioned yeah um and if but, you really gotta know i'm sure they're online somewhere it, they're all over yeah it's yeah. very easy to find online i just felt kind of icky about it yeah. um three months later mary after her first baby was born their first baby was born she pleaded guilty to two counts of second degree child rape mm-hmm. at her sentencing mary pleaded for leniency and even Villy's mother, Suna, spoke on Mary's behalf, telling the court, quote, I feel Mary has been punished enough for her mistake, end quote. That's pretty what? insane. Yeah. Um, what? So yeah, you're not going to defend your child? Forget it. Like, like, I just, what pair? I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't get this. Um. So although a defense psychiatrist testified that Mary, like, suffered from bipolar disorder, um, on Friday, November 14th, 1997, George Linda Lau sentenced her to 89 months in prison. And after serving 80 days of that seven and a half year sentence, she was released on parole on the condition that she enter a treatment program for sex offenders, take medication for her bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and have absolutely no contact with Philly. And guess what? What did she do, Caitlin? She waited for me to finish, Haley. <laughs> There's more to this. Um, so the, the kicker of all of this, though, prosecutors had argued from day one that Mary could not be trusted. And yeah. soon it became clear they had a reason. While she had begun taking the drug Depakote, I think is how you pronounce it, D-E-P- a-K-O-T-E. Um, it was meant to treat her bipolar disorder while she was behind bars. Okay. She stopped taking the medication within days of being released on parole, uh, uh, January 2nd, 1998. Doesn't and your parole officer have to, like, monitor that shit? I don't know, but I do know that she also began rebelling against her sexual deviancy counselor, which, while not a parole officer, leads me to believe she probably may not have held them in high regard either. Yeah. So, like, bitch, do you, you either do this or you go to jail. Exactly. So within a month of being paroled on the evening of February 2nd, 1998, Villy called Mary and early the next morning, she was then promptly caught allegedly molesting the boy in a parked car in February, like on February 3rd. Yeah. Um, Seattle police also found $6,200 in cash passports and receipts for $850 worth of clothing leading authorities to speculate that she had been planning to flee the country with the child. She's a runner. Mm-hmm. I wonder why the prosecutors thought she couldn't be trusted. Yeah. So as prosecutor Lisa Johnson later told the court, quote, she doesn't believe she needs treatment because she doesn't believe she did anything wrong. End quote. Yeah. And I will also say there are a bunch of people who have been and still are in jail for selling or just having weed yeah and they get they have to stay in jail yep but this bitch gets yep. to go out say fuck you to any authority figure and then immediately go and find this boy again yeah a, a month within a month like just think yeah. about like no um billy reportedly told his counselor that he and mary had had sex at least once during the month that she was out on parole yeah hate that as a result of this violation an angry Judge Lau immediately ordered Mary back to prison to finish up her full prison term at the Washington Correction Center for Women. Mm-hmm. When interviewed by Oprah Winfrey while in jail, Mary said she considered the boy, quote, the love of my life, end quote. Okay. Girl, like, what the fuck? The fact that she is so, like, she's doubling, tripling down on this. Yeah. And this is not doing you any favors. That's what I'm saying. You're doing you're doing interviews like you're not like I would hate to be her lawyer. Um, The teenager, meanwhile, because he was technically 13, who had given her a silver ring, uh, said after her arrest that they planned to have a baby to strengthen their ties, that they planned this. Yeah. Mary at first denied the planning her first pregnancy but she conceded that she like later she conceded that she was quote not angry end quote when she learned she would have a child with philly yeah so in october 1998 
Mary gave birth to a second daughter by Villy, who was supposedly conceived during her brief period on parole. Yeah. Both of the girls were placed in the custody of Villy's mother, Suna, while Mary served her time. And the Latournaus divorced during this time as well. And all four children from their marriage remained in the sole custody of their father, who took them all and moved to Alaska. Um, Wow. Yeah. Moved (laughs) the whole family to Alaska. Quite a quite a move, but uh, I mean, he was from Anchorage, so I guess yeah. like, but yeah, yeah, to just fully like leave, and also it's probably a better huge thing kids. to try to yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's a huge thing, like it's a huge deal to get people to uh allow them to allow their t- to take their kids across state yeah. lines. So the fact that he was able to take them all the way to Alaska, yeah, and like good good for those kids, um. So, a friend of Mary's told people in 1998, quote, I would imagine they will get married as soon as she gets out of prison. The two of them want to be together. They're drawn to each other like magnets. Like, what? Yeah. Why are we so accepting of this? We're treating this like it's the notebook. Yeah. And that the, like, this wouldn't be an issue if they were both of age. Yes. If you weren't molesting a child yeah who is your student um was she's not a teacher no more yes was <laughs> um true so that same year mary and Billy co-wrote a book with a ghost writer titled un seul crime le mort or only one crime love mm-hmm. i swear to fuck this is actually a thing yeah. um in the book they gave their account of their relationship from her recognition of his artistic talent in her second grade class to his precocity. Uh, mm. Precocity? I don't know. I wrote it because I've written it before, but I've never said it. Um, but when she had him in class again as a sixth grader. Yeah. What? Um, so the book has a 3.07 out of 5 on Goodreads with about 25 reviews. So I think we can gather how that was received. Yeah. And then shortly after Mary was released from prison in August 2004, a judge lifted an order that barred contact between Mary and Villy after Villy, who at this point was 21 years old, had petitioned the court. Yeah. He, I mean, you're you're above age now, so. Yep. And soon after. not a lot you can do after that. He and Mary, who was by then 43, 21 and 43, um, they got engaged. But even then, it's like, uh, um, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio is yeah. dating constantly dating women yeah. in their early 20s. Yeah. It's gross. But it's, it's grosser that they've been together since yeah, he was 13. Yeah, it's 12. It, it's, it's weird for Leo DiCaprio. It is criminal for Mary Kay Letourneau. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Mary's attorney, David Gerke, later told people... Gerke? Yeah, Gerke. I think that's how you pronounce it. And quite frankly, this guy's a weirdo, so I don't really care. Um, Gerke's perfect name for him. G-E-H-R-K-E looks like Gerke to me. Sounds Um, like it. So, yeah. He said, quote, They loved each other. They were devoted to each other. They courted for 10 years. And they were married for 10 years. Yes, he was a minor, but they had back-channel contact during the time they weren't supposed to be speaking. Not as regularly as they would have ha- would have otherwise, but they were in contact, end quote. Yeah, illegally in contact when they weren't supposed to be legally in contact. Yeah. Am I sniffing glue, or am I the only one who doesn't think this is normal? Everyone is, yeah, everyone is treating this like the notebook. Like, this y- is, like... yeah star-crossed lovers they were meant yeah. to be together like we're re-watching modern family well i'm re-watching it michael's watching it for the first time i think everybody should see modern family largely it holds up um okay there's a, a few comments that i was like Ew, but for the most part it's kind of holding up um but they're treating this like jay and gloria who yeah. probably have an approximate like similar age gap but like nah yeah i'm i'm listening different like- I've mentioned before, I'm listening to the Boy Meets World rewatch podcast, Mm -hmm. and they're constantly mentioning how, like, upon 2024 eyes, uh, Corey and Topanga's relationship is really problematic. Yeah. Like, Corey is not good to her and stuff, but we all remember it. Corey makes her show her his ass, because she won't fuck him. (laughs) 
she she didn't go to Yale because he was yes! going to some fucking state yes! school. But anyway, Topanga. They, they're talking about how like they were touted as like the yes couple, and now yes. they're like, oh Goals. god, yeah, yeah. it's so gross. This is kind of what's going on here. Yeah, except. I don't know. It, it seems like people close to them are touting them as the the ooh couple, but yeah, I think most other people, other people are, people are like, them, "Nah, this is gross." Yeah, people are treating it as like a TLC a show. show. I was about to say, if TLC was around at this point, like John and exactly. Kate, who? Yeah. So we could have they, been saved. Oh, they would have definitely had a TLC show. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We we've been saved by not by TLC waiting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so 10 months after they got engaged, they were married in May 2005 before 200 guests at the Columbia Winery in Woodenville, Washington. Can you imagine going to that fucking wedding? You know, I can't, but for a low, low fee of like 1995 or some shit, I probably could because they sold their wedding video to the press. Of course they did. How are you uh, supposed to make money when she's not a teacher anymore and he is a child? Yep. Oh, we'll get into what they're doing. Um, Billy said, quote, it was a huge relief to actually get married after just going through all those years and then having so many questions and them not being answered, end quote. Did he ever date anybody in, like, nah, high school that's, and that's stuff? What, like, he was that's just not waiting what Berkey for his, said. He was just waiting for his sixth grade teacher to, like, be it's, out of jail? It's, like, it's so fucked up, and I'm not, like, trying to laugh, but it's truly, like, you can't write this shit that it's so fucked up that she manipulated him. For so many years that he, think about this, never dated another person. Just like, what did she do? What manipulation did she, like, do to him? Yeah. And it's just, like, think about that. That he's so, like, I'd liken it to Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. But, yeah. So, like, I truly, like, I feel bad for him. Um, So, eventually, they were reunited with their daughters, and so from there, Mary and Billy stayed in the same Seattle community where Mary had lived with her first husband and family. No, like, that's that's way too fucking weird. Uh-huh. Just wait. Um, when they got married, Mary said they didn't want they didn't move because they wanted to focus on, quote, getting on track with life, end quote. Uh, so they largely stayed out of the public eye after their wedding and the resulting media attention. But one year after... On their first anniversary, they sat down for an interview with People Magazine. Yeah. And Mary, who said sometimes had all of her children staying with her and Villy and their daughters at this three-bedroom beachside house they rented in Normandy Park, Washington. Um, she said that the family does, quote-unquote, normal things. Sure. Uh, and that they, quote... All went out to dinner at our favorite Mexican restaurant, then over to Blockbuster to get a movie. And quote, why are we entertaining this? Yeah. So Mary's four other kids were slowly reentering her life at the time. And Villy said of his relationship with Steve, again, Mary's oldest son, who is again a year and a half younger than him. He said the relationship could be strained, saying, quote, it's an awkward feeling, for sure, to be close in age with someone technically your stepson or stepdaughter, end quote. He added, quote, I feel a bit of competition, like, who deserves mom's attention more, end quote. Yeah. He's 22. Steve yeah. is 20, 21. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, Mary was working as a legal assistant, piano teacher, and tutor with hopes of returning to teaching because even though her teaching license had been revoked during this whole ordeal, she thinks that she could still maybe get it back? Yeah, isn't that... Isn't, is what she did a felony? Cause you can't, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you. I don't think you could be a teacher after you're convicted of no! a felony. No! Maybe at a Catholic school. No! So... Yeah. Billy began working at a home and garden center, meanwhile. That's where he had been working. But as he later told Barbara Walters, his true passion was working his night job as a DJ. His of course he is. DJ name was slash is, I'm not sure if he's still doing it, uh, DJ Headline. And cool. he said, quote, 
I do a lot of weddings, private parties. Eventually, I want to get into producing, end quote. Um, so outside of this interview, like, they did stay kind of quiet. But in May 2009, Billy and Mary appeared at a Seattle sports bar for a series of a series called, quote, Hot Teacher Night. Oh, no. Where she emceed and he DJed. Oh. I'm surprised it took them that long to, like, get that shtick. Yeah. I mean, probably waiting for it to die down a little bit, but even still, it's yeah. it's going to be gross. Um, in early 2014, Mary was arrested once again for driving with a suspended license and failure to appear in court. However, this was a far shorter stint behind bars after she was released on $5,000 bond the same day she was arrested. Yeah. Ahead of their 10-year an wedding anniversary in April 2015, Billy and Mary sat down for a 2020 interview that I mentioned earlier with Barbara Walters, mm -hmm. where they discussed their marriage, um, what it was like parenting their now teenage daughters, um, and the two spoke candidly about their re relationship, quote-unquote. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, with Mary telling Walters, quote, if it wasn't strong enough in the beginning, it wouldn't have carried through those years, end quote. Mm. That's that's what we're selling, hmm? Yeah. Billy, meanwhile, confessed that he had struggled with depression in the years that followed the, that period of his life, saying, quote, I'm surprised I'm still alive today. I went through a really dark time, end quote. Uh, he said the hardest part was not having a strong support system when Mary became pregnant with his children, saying, quote, it was a huge change in my life, for sure. I don't feel like I had the right support, the right help behind me from my family, from anyone in general. I mean, because, uh, I mean, my friends couldn't help me because they had no idea what it was like to be a parent. I mean, because we were all 14, 15. Yeah. End quote. Like, yeah, it's isolating it's as so, fuck. It's so sad to hear that you didn't have support from your family because you were a child of turmoil yeah and that's kind of what brought him into that situation in the first place yeah like if you think about it in theory like mary Kay latorno was not doing great like she was in prison but she was fine she had somebody who was caring for her and her baby she was getting three square meals a day like yeah. had somewhere to live roof under her head she had access this kid's to literally mental like, health medication and this kid was just like left still going through puberty yes and, like <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying she gets she like somehow even in prison he's still got the short end of the stick while she's in prison yeah um like just nobody cared it, it just it really bugs me um so although Billy was forbidden from visiting Mary in prison. He said that it would have helped him if he had been able to talk to her during that time, explaining, quote, I think the only person that I really needed to talk to, I mean, if they gave me more options or choices to make instead of just saying, oh, you can't talk to her anymore. And I was like, I really do want to talk to her, though, end quote. But that's why you got to go to therapy and talk to a therapist of like, what are your why do you need to talk to this woman so badly? I love you so much because Billy actually said he did go to counseling sessions uh but even then he struggled because he said that the counselors wanted him to take antidepressants to quote unquote even him out um saying quote i don't even think the counselors knew how to deal with it it was just weird i was like why do i need to be on an antidepressant pill and they said it was to level you out so they can have a conversation with you it just kind of just really annoyed me through the years end quote I mean, yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah, someone forcing medication on you, like, well, and being I, like, I can't talk to you until you take this. Yeah, was it completely necessary that he be on medication? I'm not his doctor. I don't fucking know. I, yeah, but, I don't know either. He yeah, was saying like, he was depressed during that time. Yeah, I feel like there could have been a, a couple of conversations prior to that, and maybe he would uh, get on with trusting you and saying like, hey, well, what, like, this medication could help you like why don't you try it for a little while and if it doesn't then we scrap it and we look for something else like yeah. you got to give like he has had all of his autonomy taken away and especially yeah. at like 13 14 years old you don't have a lot of autonomy so forcing him to be like no you can't talk to this one person you want to talk to and also by the way take this medication and also you're under like lock and key from like everybody because we need to monitor this whole situation it is very 
I can I can understand his frustration with the whole thing. Yeah. But also I he's don't... a kid, so he needs to be the Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Looked after. Um Meanwhile, according to Mary, their two teenage daughters seemed to know about their parents' history without having to be told. Um, Since because the internet? Yeah. And I'm sure some other kids uh, told them if they didn't already like look it up themselves? A, a little bit, but also she said, quote, there was never a sit-down chat. Now, Now is the time we're going to talk about our children about this. They seemed to already know because they grew up with it. There's just never been a, wow, we'd better explain, end quote. Uh, the girls who are going to school in the same school district, or at the time of this interview, were going to school in the same school district where Mary used to teach and where Billy went. I think that's Billy like cruel. Went. Yes. Um, they said their parents told them how they met. And they know their mother was different from others when their interaction was limited to prison visits. Mm -hmm. uh, but the girls seemed unfazed by the controversial circumstances of how their family was formed. Um, they, they said that their parents were very protective. And Billy said that he had warned his daughters against having boyfriends, saying, quote, the reason for me telling them that was just from out of experience. A relationship could lead you to something that you think you wanted back then. You don't really want it maybe years later. End quote, yeah, which I so think is telling. He's, yeah, he's growing up and learning like, okay, maybe I wasn't, maybe I didn't know everything at 14. Yeah. Uh, both Mary and Billy said they would be shocked and upset if either of their girls did what they had done. Like if they came home one day and said that they were sleeping with their teacher or. Yeah, if, no yeah. shit. Um, with Billy saying, quote, I don't support younger kids being married or having a relationship with someone older. I don't support it, end quote. But that's what you did. That's what he did in 2015. This is when this interview takes place, April 2015. Yeah. In May 2017, Billy legally separated from Mary. Yeah. Um, however, Gerke, that lawyer, Gerke said, quote, I'm convinced they were totally in love, but sometimes people who are totally in love have trouble staying in love. Bro! Yeah, why are you defending their story so Stop much? this! Um, according so to weird. an interview... Yeah, it really is. It's not a good look, Gerke. Um, according to an interview Vili allegedly gave Radar Online, um, the reason for the separation was actually a financial decision made by the couple because he wanted to start a marijuana business, saying, quote, <laughs> it's not necessarily what you think. When you want to get licensed, they do background checks on both parties. If I decide to be a part of it, I have to be licensed and I have to be vetted. And so does a spouse. She yeah. has passed. She has a history, end quote. Yeah. Regarding However, me. <laughs> regarding me. Exactly. Yeah. However, in August 2017, speaking through his lawyer, Billy claimed that he never gave an interview to Radar Online and that he was proceeding with the separation despite Mary's desire for reconciliation as revealed in court documents. And so it was just like a weird thing because he was like, no, I didn't say that. That wasn't me. I'm separating from my wife. And then yeah. while they're splitting up, um, it, they, it took two years, I believe, before everything like was done and over with. Um, and over that cor the course of that time, they still lived together, Mary and uh -huh. Billy. Um, they were occasionally spotted out and about together in the Seattle area. They both remained active in the lives of their two daughters. Like, it, yeah. there's still a bit of, like, enmeshment going on there. Um, but then, like I said, they were divorced by 2019. And on July 7th, 2020, our boy Gerke confirmed to the New York Times that Mary K. schmitz Letornau Fulau had passed away in her home near seattle at the age of 58 yeah it was cancer or something right yep um it was cancer and that Billy had been by her side for the last two months of her life with gurky telling nbc today quote Billy moved back to back from california gave up his life there and for the last two months of mary's life he stood by her 24 7 taking care of her so yes they were divorced and they had their spats but they were always in love with each other end quote this sounds like, he's saying this like it's a love story. This doesn't sound like a love story to me. This is really fucking sad. Yeah. Um, so Mary even left much of her estate to Billy in her will. Well, yeah, the father of her 
yeah. one of the fathers of her children. Yeah. Uh, one of the fathers of some of her children, yes. Yes. Um, that same day, the Fulaus and the Latornaus released a joint statement announce- announcing Mary's death, which read, quote, We are deeply saddened to share the very difficult news that our beloved Mary passed away peacefully on July 6th, 2020, after a six-month battle since being diagnosed with stage four or metastatic cancer. Mary fought tirelessly against this terrible disease. Mary and all of us found great strength in having our immediate and extended family members to join her together to join her in this arduous struggle. We did our very best to care for Mary and one another as we kept her close and stayed close together. We are endlessly grateful for the care and kindness received from the amazing professionals involved in Mary's care. Likewise, the kindness and compassion of friends and others who learned of her condition along the way proved an uplifting gift to us all. It is in that spirit that we ask for privacy and respect for our desire to focus on the road ahead for all of us who make up Mary's collective family. We ask that our boundaries and need for privacy be honored with continued kindness and understanding. We will have no further statements or comments as we celebrate and honor the wishes of our wife, mother, daughter, grandmother, sister, beloved family member, and loyal friend and concentrate on caring for one another. End quote. Gotta be really tough to come together and give that statement. Like, please leave us alone. Um, and also this is like one of the worst times of the pandemic mm-hmm. so like fighting a really aggressive cancer like that during that time had to have been a fucking trip so yeah you know that's actually a really good point sucks. i don't know if they i wonder if she died of cancer or if she died of covid because I that def- was such a thing that happened like during that period that it was people were getting it because they were in the hospital anyway well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she was, like, not doing well in the hospital, doing cancer treatments. Maybe she got something while she was there and it expedited everything yeah. or made just everything so much worse. But who knows? I mean, that was an absolutely horrid time yeah. to be in a hospital. It's, so yeah. if you were getting cancer treatment, then you were very much in trouble. Yeah. No, it's just tough. Um, so Anne Bremner... Bremner. Um, A lawyer who was a friend of Mary's for nearly 20 years told the New York Times that as she neared death, Mary had hoped people would see her as someone who had served her time and gone on to raise two daughters with Billy and to have a positive impact on the people around her. Bremner said, quote, she was always a really good person. She was always a really good friend. Hmm. End quote. I don't understand why all of these. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, In a 2020 interview after Mary's death on the Dr. Oz show, um, Billy appeared and Dr. Oz noted that he was now roughly the same age as his wife had been when she began abusing him. And so he asked what he would, Dr. Oz asked what Billy would do if he found himself attracted to a 13 year old. Um, And Billy responded, quote, I'd probably go and seek some help. I couldn't look at a 13-year-old and be attracted to that because it's just not in my brain. It's nothing that I'm attracted to. I mean, we all have our preferences, and that's just not something that I would go towards, end quote. I was with you, buddy, yeah. until you said preferences. Yeah. Had us in the first half. Also, Felix is here if you hear anything. I see him. He's he's doing a visit. He's he's snuggling. He's, he's never this snuggly, and I'm like, well, what did you do? Um... So, yeah, not great. Yeah. Pedophilia is not a preference. No. However, um, furthermore, a May 2020 article in People magazine indicated that with time and maturity, uh, Billy had actually come to understand this relationship with Mary as abusive and unhealthy, end quote, from the start. Yeah. So I think that the separation and being out of state and all of that like i think that may have helped him like realize with true uh distance from her yeah this was not a good situation um and yeah and we'll get into what he's up to in a minute but right now we're talking about the pop culture side of things mm-hmm mm-hmm so this case was, there have been a lot of depictions. We're going to get into a few of them. Um, first up is the TV movie All-American Girl, the Mary Kay Latournau story in 2000. 
Mary was played by Penelope Ann Miller from Carlito's Way and The Artist. And mm-hmm. Billy was paid by, played by Omar Anguiano. And the movie's got a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a uh, 84% Google score. That's it. It's a TV movie. It's not going to be on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah. you can watch it for free on Pluto TV, the Roku channel, Voodoo Plex, and Tubi, or on Prime, um, if you got nice. it. Yeah. Also, the 2012 Adam Sandler movie, That's My Boy, which was filmed a oh, lot yeah. a lot on in Chatham, Massachusetts, which is, it holds a special place in my heart. Um, I would be there a lot on vacation. Um, he made like a movie that's loosely based on this case. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it starred Sandler as what was essentially like Billy's character, Donnie Berger. Uh-huh. And Susan Sarandon played the younger version, and her daughter Eva Amory played her the younger version of the Mary character, who just so happened to be called Mary McGarrickle. Mm. Which so we're not like super far off, yeah, with names already. Um, and meanwhile, Andy Samberg played their son, yep. and so it talks about like Andy Samberg getting married and like that Adam Sandler's character is just a doofus who never grew up. Yeah. Um, has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 72% Google score, and a 20% tomato meter rating and 51% audience score with over 100,000 reviews mm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And the critics' consensus is, quote, while it does represent a new foray into raunch for the normally PG-13 Sandler, that's my boy finds himself finds him repeating himself to diminishing effect and dragging Andy Samberg down with him, end quote. Um, I would say... Adam Sandler movies are not meant for the critics. They're Mm-mm. meant for Adam Sandler and his friends and yep, just and I love that. people who like just a douchey, like stupid comedy. Yeah. Like he just gets all of his friends together, goes to gorgeous places. Yes. And, fil- and like, they all get paid all his- to do it. Yeah. Like they get paid for to go the on vacation. Critics. No, yeah, it's not for the critics. You the don't man need- has achieved the finesse of a lifetime and I respect it. Yeah, because guess what? Even if his movies all get 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, they're going to make money and everyone's going to go see them. Yup. Yup. <laughs> and yep. he just sounds like a genuine, like, cool dude. So yeah, I like it. I don't He's even care. <laughs> My sister and I, over the holidays, were making our, our lists of, like, Me Too people. If they get Me Too'd, like, you'd be absolutely be, devastated. Yeah. And Adam Sandler is on it. Yeah, he just He's seems like he's chill. Yeah. He's fun. He seems like a good guy. He just wants to wear his basketball shorts and be left alone. And God damn yeah. it, just do it. So he tried. He tried with Uncut Gems. And you know what you did? You didn't give him what he deserved. That was a People great People loved movie. Uncut Gems. Yeah. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. It was an excellent movie. And he didn't get the appreciation he deserved. And that in and of itself is a true crime. Um, meanwhile... In May 2018, A&E aired the two-hour documentary Mary Kay Letourneau Autobiography. Um, At this point, she was 56 years old, and she discussed the origins of her molestation of her. All of these articles would call it, like, relationships, too. Like, I feel like I'm saying molestation a lot, but, like, that's it. And it's, it's wild to me how even the media was just being like oh her her relationship with him her like they began a sexual relationship I'm like no you a child is not consenting to a relationship yeah. it's just it's really weird like we need it to just it just seems it's the major difference between like a woman committing this crime and a man yes. committing this crime yes i saw that because too. see the same the same conversation happens and it's a man that's the, the teacher man wouldn't be let out on parole no, not really. No. I don't think so. No. They'd be like, they, he, they'd throw the book at him. Um, yeah. a, and a man, the, the man then comes back. And he like, should be. Actually, <laughs> as I'm saying this, it is sounding a little bit abducted in plain sighty. Um, yeah. Just without the added teacher conundrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's great. No, absolutely not. Um, So... Yeah, she talked about this molestation and wept as she recalled the difficulties of being separated from her loved ones while incarcerated. However, she also said, quote, Am I sorry he's the father of my children and that we're married and this is the man in my, man of my life? No, I am not, end quote. Girl, what? Mm. Um, 
Billy was also, he also appeared in the documentary and said that, quote, at the end of the day, it was a real love story, end quote. But he added, quote, a lot of things that should have gone through my mind at the time weren't going through my mind, end quote. Yeah. Because um, he was a child. See how that works. Mm-hmm. So executive producer Brad Abramson said he hoped the special would provide a glimpse into the little known side of a devoted mother, wife, and community member. Saying, quote, she's still in touch with her four children from her first marriage, and they are a part of her life now. Damn. It's pretty unimaginable that 20 years later, you have her and her kids and Billy and her older kids all together as one extended family. It's pretty remarkable what she has done, end quote. Bro! Yeah. What? I mean, we could go on and on about it, but I just, the defense here is. We don't excuse these things. Why are we all calling this a love story? This is so gross. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like to the point where I'm like, am I being gaslit right now? Like, what is happening? Um, documentary has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, you can watch it if you've got a Google sub or a um Hulu subscription. Uh-huh. Uh Or you can. It also looks like watch it on A and E's website. Um, maybe for free. So, I think A and E has their own streaming thing. Oh, maybe that's what it is. And then. you can get it through Hulu, I believe. Oh, well, then there you go. Two birds. Um, Finally, though, while there are still a bunch here, we what we really need to talk about is the 2023 drama May December, which began generating awards season buzz following its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival in May 2023 before being officially released on Netflix last month. So did you get do you get this? Do you understand that the irony of this? That may december came out in may May and december December? yeah yes um wild and they still wouldn't let naomi portman or natalie portman produce naomi Um, i don't know where naomi portman came from (laughs) but like she does look like a naomi so i'll allow it so although this is a fictional story uh viewers have found a lot of parallels between the film in this case the movie follows elizabeth played by portman um, who is an actor set to play the like Mary Kay Latournau character Gracie, who's played by Julianne Moore, in this independent movie about Gracie's relationship with her now husband Joe, played by Charles Melton, who is the like Villy character. Yeah. So, although Gracie and Joe, it, there's differences. Like there was the year relationship or year, like he was like the same year I think as her son, but she wasn't a teacher. They met while working at a pet store. Okay. Um, like there was a lot of like similarities between Mary and Billy's story. Um, mm-hmm. And that the, like that there's a tabloid scandal. They go on to get married. They raise children together. Um, like, however, meanwhile, in normal Hollywood land, the nature of this relationship is met with outrage from the community as it should have been. Yeah. Not, Oh, this is fine. Um, notably, May December kind of really focuses on Joe's perspective and psyche, um, mm-hmm. with his character considering whether the relationship was ever really fair, which is something that I think Villy kind of started to do much later. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. In in it, the film is just like. <sighs> It's supposed to be very good. I'm not so sure that I want to see it. I don't know if I can stomach it. Um, But in an interview with the Daily Beast, director Todd Haynes addressed the ways in which the movie drew inspiration from the crime and how he tried to differentiate the film from tabloid gossip, saying, quote, I really started by pushing that to the side and just being like, okay, let's bear down on the specific choices and the distinctions that Sammy Birch's script makes from the Mary Kay Latournau story. But mm-hmm. there was no way to ultimately to not be influenced by it, end quote. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Sammy Birch, the screenwriter, has also spoken about how Mary's story influenced this screenplay, saying, quote, I really wanted a fictional story that dealt with this tabloid culture of the 90s that has kind of seem- seemingly led into this true crime biopic world we're in now and kind of question that transition and why we want to keep recreating these stories, end quote. Um, according to director Haynes, 
Julianne Moore was directly inspired by Mary Kay Latournau while portraying the character of Gracie, which is why she incorporated a lisp into her speech. Mm. And during a press conference, um, Haynes explained, quote, to be honest, there were things that in kind of a loose upper palate that we did find interesting in Mary Kay Latournau's speech that was a kickoff for her and she took it further, end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, other similarities include that uh, both of the boys turned men in this story are Asian or Pacific Islander. Joe is half Korean. Billy is Samoan. Both of them father children who are born in prison. Both marry their female abusers after they have after the women have served jail time for their crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, even a key scene features dialogue that was taken directly from a televised interview with Mary and Billy. Yeah. Uh, despite all of this, however, the creators of this movie did the one thing that you would also kind of think they'd learn not to do by now. Uh-oh. They failed to reach out to the people who inspired the story. Ryan Murphy didn't touch this project. I don't understand it. Will Ferrell is producing, weirdly, but, like, yeah, Ryan Murphy's nowhere to be found, and yet we're still doing this in 2023, 2024. Yeah. Um, you, like, you, if you say in interviews that you were inspired by a certain case or certain people then guess what maybe you should reach out and let them know and not let them find out via google alert or like a text from their friend who saw it yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah this uh, so this literally happened just a couple days before we're recording this um that villy sat down and like talked to the hollywood reporter and he said he was never approached by the filmmakers and said, quote, if they had reached out to me, we could have worked together on a masterpiece. Instead, they chose to do a ripoff of my original story. I'm offended by the entire project and the lack of respect given to me who lived through a real story and is still living it, end quote. Yeah. So the movie has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb with nearly 30,000 ratings. Whoa. Yep. A 72% Google score and a 90% tomato meter rating and 68% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is a very interesting ratio. Yeah. Um, And the critics' consensus is, quote, swaddling its difficult fact-based story in a blanket of campy humor, May-December is a seductively discomfiting watch, end quote. Mm. And if you are looking for a seductively discomfiting watch, you can watch it on Netflix, but it is also playing in select movie theaters now okay or at least it was the time that i wrote this like two weeks ago but movies move fast these days they move fast that's what i'm saying we tried to watch uh um the one the new one that's out poor things and we had to go like 30 miles because it's just been too long i know i thought that movie didn't come out that long ago right yeah it's a good movie though you should watch it um, it looked weird. Really liked it. It it looked weird. It was much better in person. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, because Michael wanted to see it, and I was like, okay, I guess. And Michael likes weird shit, but this was like a weird shit I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. But that's I'm it. waiting that's... for the Mean Girls musical to come out. I'm so f- ready for that. <laughs> the, I am so ready. My only my only issue is why is it out next Friday and not Wednesday. Yeah. I also don't know why at least the I saw two trailers and mm-hmm. neither of the trailers said that it was a music it was the musical. That's apparently by design. That they don't want people yeah. to know that it's a no, musical. No, no, that they're just like I well maybe that, but that's not what they're saying. Um no that it's just like they're trying to like build up the anticipation of that aspect of it of the musical. But us us who know the musical and know the songs know that this is the musical version. Anybody know. with eyes is going to know that. There's dance numbers in it. Yeah. Do you know how many hey, dance, numbers dance numbers there are? in the original. That I was about to say, but do you know how many? There are markedly fewer. Yeah. And they do, they, I know, they do do that one, though. I saw yeah. that in the trailer the other day when we went to see Poor Things. Anyway, um, yes. uh, this is probably a good time to transition into a palate cleanser. That's something new, non-true crime related that you want to uh, cleanse people's palates with after the story. Yes. And what is that? Um, I'm trying to decide which one I want, actually. Okay. Um, because, all right, this is twofold. Um, I am not thankful for the earthquake that we had a few days ago. Um, those in SoCal, they know. Um, 
but I am thankful that it knocked a bunch of shit off my desk. And so I had to, I was forced to like reorganize my desk and that gave me room. So I'm happy I organized my desk, but also like I got this little thing that Haley can kind of see and it's like a uh-huh. combination phone, AirPods, charging stand. That's cool. And I was just like, ooh, I can be organized this year. New I year, can, new I me. I can try that. No, I'm not going that far. Like I'm taking it week by week. Um, but like, yeah, I'm just, I'm very... I'm very thankful for this little thing that's helping me stay organized. Nice. Um, no, but organization is, I know better. So that's not one of my New Year's resolutions. Um, yeah. But. I I I know everyone was going to join the gym January 1st. So I'm waiting yeah. until like February 1st and then I'm going to rejoin I'm the gym. Off, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. See, I'm still a member of the gym. And honestly, I'm half saying this because I don't want to deal with the people and half saying this because I'm lazy and I don't want to go. But yeah i'm st- i'm staying away because no, my, just, my gym had a month to month boosted. thing yeah oh, oh that's yeah that's nice. true yeah so i quit for the summer because yeah I you can go outside a gym membership for the summer but yeah anyway. go um, outside it's easy yeah everyone Free get gym. boosted yeah there's a lot of people my downstairs neighbor just got covid a bunch of people at elliot's work just got covid i'm sure a bunch of people at my work have covid and didn't tell anybody oh um, god yeah, but I'm boosted, and I work in an office in the back with nobody around me, so. Yeah. Yeah. So get boosted, protect yourselves and the people around you. And Yes, um, please. Yeah. Maybe you heard some... And moisturize. Some... Yeah, definitely got to moisturize. <laughs> and stretch. Um, yep. Drink water. Maybe you heard uh, Bean screaming in the background. If you did, did. you're welcome. Thank you. I don't know if that's going to be cut out uh, with the noise gate, but we'll I hope see. Not. And uh, if you want more from us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. For as long as uh, it's alive. Have, yes. We have, it's still Twitter. It's not X. Fuck yeah, it. it will never be X. Like, fuck off. No. Um, we have a website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, and an email, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. You can message us on any of our social media for a link to our Discord. It's a fun time. Uh, we spoil episodes. We talk about good news, share pictures of our pets, arts and crafts, give recommendations to each other. Um, it's fun. So message yeah. us and we'll give you the link. And join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. Um, we're going to get, uh, next week is my episode. And then after that is a Patreon picked episode. So if yes, you are is. a member of our Patreon tier where you can vote, just a reminder to go and vote. Do and that. we'll see what exciting episode our patrons we got pick. Some, yeah, we got some doozies. It's mm. the new year has started off with a, with a wild couple turns of events and yeah maybe we'll talk about the whole gypsy rose thing will we uh, i don't know people gotta vote will we? people gotta vote but anyway um that's that this has been crime culture and we will see you next tuesday bye bye, bye.